Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. On this episode of the Pack Filler Podcast, we are not alone. Dave Erickson of Multiple Triathlon Website Fame is in to compare try versus buy, nasty jerks in traffic, and he's going to remain pretty comment-free on Mark and Pat's drinking in studio. And now, here's the show. Music by Kevin McLeod. Hey, man, let's go on a bike ride. Come on. Look at, look at my new wheel. They're sweet. Bicycle. There are really just two types of people. Those who say, I can't. And those who say, I can. These people have been summoned here by themselves for their 1,700 different reasons. Their unity comes from their mantra, I can. And their destination, a place they absolutely have to get to. What they will do to get there is monumental by anyone's standards, even their own. All right, if we can learn one thing from this year's tour, it's that you'll most likely crash when sitting as... Pack filler. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like a well-oiled machine. Welcome, everybody, to another show. I'm Pat Bolger. I'm Mark Hudson. And before we mention our in-studio guest... Is special. We do have to mention uh, the fact that we still have a wonderful partnership with Dave McQuillan and the Sufferfest. So get to our website, packfiller.com, log on, and uh, head over to the Sufferfest and buy yourself some videos, especially for our friends down in Australia who are dealing with a little of the cold stuff right now. So I would say, God bless you, Sufferfest, but really in the middle of the Sufferfest video, that's not what I'm thinking. No, I think it's uh, God and then the thing that holds up the water, you. Perhaps maybe go somewhere that's warm um, type thing. Exactly. Yeah. A yeah. um, couple other things to mention before we roll in with the show. Stitcher Radio. Again, we have finally, fortunately, been listed with Stitcher Radio. Good partnership through them. You can now have our show on your phone wherever you are. What what type of carrier you have. What type of... That sounds like a disease. But what type of um, anything you have, a phone, smartphone... 
get that Stitcher app, and you can always find our show. You do not have to log on to find us. It'll be a little icon on the there telling you that we have a new show out. So let's how's just, that for delivery? Let's just say I have a BlackBerry, Pat. Could I get a Could I get a show on a BlackBerry? But you don't have a BlackBerry. You have that silly little Palm. Palm Pre, yes. But let's say I had a BlackBerry. Could I get the show on Yes, BlackBerry? you could, Mark. Okay, let's. what if I had an iPhone? Could I get a, the show on the iPhone? Yes, you could, Mark. What about a droid? Hey, Mark. Yes, you can. Holy cow. So you're saying I can get the pack filler. Let's say I had an iPhone, a droid, and a BlackBerry. I could have the, the show right there. You could listen to it in 3D. In fact, if you have an iPhone, a droid, and a BlackBerry, please do not listen to our show because you are a douche. <laughs> Dave, wait a minute. <laughs> I think you've almost... <laughs> Never mind. Also, uh, please get over to iTunes and, and give us a rating, you know, and, but we'll even take the low stars. You know, I've noticed there are some and they're growing up and it's things like that. So um, check us out on iTunes and give us a fun little rating. We're finally listed in the cycling department. Yours truly took forever to figure all that out. But uh, moving along, new show, second week of the tour underway. In studio, we have a great guest here, a friend of ours um, in charge of multiple different things. I looked him up, looked up all the different things he has going on dave erickson 360 dave erickson media media if you haven't seen that new logo it's really cool it's uh, i just saw that one today and of course try focus tv welcome to dave erickson how are you man you forgot just one did i swim bike run videos.com oh that was the one he, he also sent me a link to today so um they're all great they are absolutely you're a busy man i try to be busy Good God. I mean, I, I just have a tough time organizing one site, let alone four. I'm not great at it, but I'm doing it. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, first of all, thanks for coming on to the show. We're, we're doing a little video thing here also today, so people can truly see how puffy and out of shape <laughs> Mark and I both are. But how the fact that Dave actually practices what he preaches, he's, he's fit and he, he races. So, and he doesn't partake he doesn't do the the beer beverage uh, speaking of which uh big sky choice tonight mark very nice very nice eh, you know making... it beats uh what your choice was last week the bud light was not my fault what the hell <laughs> it was all that i had left let's let's talk to our friend in the studio <laughs> however today um dave you know for for those of us who don't you know for those uh, i do but for the the people out there who just kind of get exposure into all these things you have, first of all, tell us the background of this media exposure. Where did you come from and your background in the try and all this sort of thing? And what led us to this point now? Well, I've always been an athlete yeah. uh, through high school, through college, and then triathlon became more of an accident like most people, I think, where I'm done with college sports. I needed something else to challenge me. And so I was at an athletic club. I, was, I got into television broadcasting out of college, and uh, one of my TV stations was in Arkansas. And I know, in Arkansas. Wow. So I was at the Fayetteville Athletic Club, and they had a posting on the board that said for an indoor sprint triathlon. And I didn't really know what that was. I knew what Ironman was from watching the broadcast on NBC. And so I thought, you know, I need something. This is a perfect timing. Didn't know how to swim. I actually got a booklet that said Swimming 101. Now, I still have. You physically knew how to swim, like dog paddle kind of a yeah, thing. But yeah, but yeah okay. No okay. technique How did the whatsoever. book work? It was great. I went to one master's class. But I didn't know what masters was. I thought sure. that's a little intimidating, masters. So I got the book and I went through all the the strokes and how to you know hand entry, follow through, all that kind of stuff. And it was it was very difficult. Uh, but it was only a two hundred yard swim, followed by a um, was it a five mile stationary bike, and then they had an indoor track. It was two miles. Oh so my I god! I did that. It was like thirty some minutes. 
for the first time I did it, and I was so excited about doing it, I asked if I could do it again. <laughs> and it was, you know, they only had like 20 people that were racing, and they said, sure, go ahead. And I improved my time by like three minutes, and I was hooked. I said, I want to do this some more. And then, unfortunately, I, I got a knee injury, and so I had some surgery, and the next year I did it again, knee injury, and then... Anyways, I'm a TV broadcaster, then I got in a triathlon, and it's been a real good marriage since. Um, doing triathlons, finally getting into Ironman, and then wanting to use my passion for the sport to somehow passion and TV and internet, and now I have four different websites to promote the sport locally and also to follow the sport globally. Is it, is it, okay, so you're following the sport globally, but the, let's say, for instance, if somebody's new to TriFocus TV, they're going to go on and they're going to see events from regional, or you're going to just see anything from all over the place? Well, they're going to be from the Inland Northwest specifically. This whole thing is about, my, my tagline is, uh, this is the first and only online news program in the Inland Northwest that takes you inside the multi-sport world of triathlon from a local perspective. So what I want to do is highlight um, local races, uh, bike shops, running shops, any kind of swimming that's localized with coaches, with athletes, to highlight it here and give it a presence because there is a huge triathlon presence here, but not everyone has a way to, to showcase it, at least through the Internet. And I, I can do that through my experience in TV and, and shooting video and putting that online. And also by being an athlete, I know the sport. So to get those together... Is, is perfect in my opinion. And so if I can somehow give back to the community, which I've been taught and, and learned that we as athletes take, take, take. We take from yeah. the organizers put on the events. What do we do to give back? This is my way. This is the only thing, way I can think of that I can use my talents to give back to the community that has given me so much. So I made this trifocus.tv show to share what triathlon has done for me and to share the excitement that it does for other people. And, you know, highlight locally. Yeah. Okay. So now, in, with the show, how frequency, what's the frequency of episodes? How often are they coming up? Well, I started the show in April, in late April. Uh, I did it in my bedroom with a, with a TV <laughs> monitor, my bike in the background, and, and a, a flashlight, honestly, underneath some, some running shoes or cycling shoes to kind of give it some lighting. And then um, I did another one, like a following week. And then I had a little hiatus because I was transitioning out of TV news. And then I've been steady for the last four weeks of having an episode every week. And right now I'm editing um, episode eight, which will be online later today. Wow. Is it, it, what kind of a workload are you talking? I mean, is it a f couple hours a day? Is it beyond uh, that? Well, yeah. a, lot of, uh, a lot of leg work ahead of time. Not so. just putting up a stupid little podcast. So it's got to be a lot more difficult. <laughs> well, that, that's interesting that you mentioned the, the transitioning from TV news because yeah. you did have, what's my guess, way more than a full-time job with the TV news. I think that was – you. I mean, for those of you – who are Huge listening, kid. who don't know, yeah. I think Ms. Dave Erickson was, I mean, he was on a fairly large market. I don't, sure. and, and you gave that up to go do this. And yeah. I think, I think that's an interesting point of how's that working out? I mean, is mm -hmm. this is kind of chasing the dream, isn't it? It really is. Cause I didn't have mm -hmm. anything. I still don't really have anything. Sure. Um, I left TV three months. What's today's date? Today the is the 12th. 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 Yeah. April 12th was my last day on the air at uh, the ABC affiliate in Spokane. Mm -hmm. It was three months ago. So uh, I left it because I needed new challenges. I needed something new to try, and I really wanted to follow this aspect of, of media and sports. And 
I just, I guess it was one of those things where as an athlete, you believe in yourself, you know, if you, if it's going to make it happen, if anyone's going to make it happen, it's going to be you. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to do this. I, 15 years as a TV news anchor reporter, different markets throughout the country. It was time for a change and I get bored pretty easily. That's probably why I have four or five <laughs> websites. <laughs> and, uh, as a triathlete, you know, a personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just went for really? it. And well, making contacts with other media groups, Iron Man, for example, or Lava Magazine, for example, uh, Timex, um, those type of uh, companies. I try to I work with them freelancing wise now. Interesting. I think one of the things I'd be curious about is how'd that feel? Um, because <laughs> what I'm curious about is, I mean, that's a big leap. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a leap of faith. And you had what I would have considered a very excellent job that most people. I mean, you were at a level most people couldn't attain. And then you said, well, I'm going to do this. And so was it a feeling of letting go? Was it a feeling of, of relief? I, I'm, I'm curious because I think that's a lot of what, what I guess endurance sports is really about is really just committing to something and then going for it. And it doesn't matter if it's cycling. doesn't matter if it's triathlon. That's the type of personality we have. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious of how was that position to go, well, I'm going to go chase this and yeah. devil – devil may care what the consequences are i was happy about it uh-huh. i think it had run its course internally mm-hmm. you know i've done it for a while i've left the business came back to it in this last job which lasted four and a half years i came back to it and it's like i needed something else mm-hmm. and i felt good about it and i felt i'm not gonna starve mm-hmm. i'm not gonna I'm not gonna go homeless i'm gonna find a way uh, i believe enough in myself and hopefully enough people know me to use my services in some way. So I haven't looked back. I know people have done the same thing. They've left the business and I asked a lot of people before I did it. I mean, I, I didn't go <laughs> blindly. I had a plan B. I laid the, the, the foundation sure. and made contacts and uh, said, I can do this. I'm, I'm going to make it happen. How's it been for your uh, training? Actually, I was more, more consistent when I was working 40, <laughs> 50 hours a week. Really? Yeah. It's that, so strange. Is that a schedule thing? You're just able, you know that a specific time of day is where you're going to do that specific Probably. training? I knew I had to do it in the morning yeah. before I went to work at a certain time of day. And now um, with these different things I'm juggling, I can stay on my computer in the house. I can edit. Oh, I can search. Yeah. And it just kind of, the time adds up. Yeah. Next thing I know, it's like, oh, it's lunchtime. I got to eat. Oh, I can't work out for another hour. <laughs> or if I sleep in. Especially uh, not swimming. Mom always said, don't swim you after. You can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I haven't been consistent, and my coach knows that I admitted to my coach I haven't been consistent. Um, my results are kind of showing that in some in some ways, uh, but I'm the season feels like it's almost halfway over for me now. Or yeah, well over halfway over. I've had six or seven races, only have three or four left. Who are you wow. using as a coach? A guy named Roger Thompson. Oh, what a loser! Yeah, I, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he he listens too, so I'm going to get crap tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> no, Ro- Roger knows and. And I, you know, it's something I've struggled with of being consistent. I was great uh, through winter up until I don't know until Oceanside mm-hmm. that race. I had worked out almost every single day. I think I missed three or four days total of those. I don't know three, four, six months. Wow! But now I've just kind of hit and miss. And now I'm traveling. Now I'm I'm following triathlon with Ironman, uh, freelancing for them. So I missed three, four, five days in a row. It's frustrating. But when I do work out, you know, I, I, it's important to be quality. No, I mean that's good. So, how do you how do you view your own events going? I mean, which what's do you have 
a race is picked out for next year? Except for the ones where I've seen you actually competing, going through transition with the camera in your hand. That could slow you down. <laughs> That's got to suck for aerodynamics. But it's a cool footage. It's cool to go back and see that and go, wow, he kept that thing steady. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> My races are about how can I make a video out of this race as an athlete? And if I don't have someone there to shoot it for me, as you saw that one time at Radiant Lake, yeah. I brought my camera in my in my bicycle bento bag and I thought, let me see if I can get this out of transition and then the battery started dying. Oh crap, I gotta put yeah. it away and and then uh yeah, then I'm I'm considering putting the uh, GoPro on my handlebars, which I've done in practice. Yeah. So I'm thinking about putting one of those in this upcoming race at uh, the Hayden Sprint this coming weekend. Going to put it on someone else's bike. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, I've always... there's there. Well, I could geek out here right now, and we could talk about cameras, I think, but that's for another show. But, um, you know, there are a lot of cool ways to cover that stuff, and I just... You you wonder if some are going to be... Well, I mean, the GoPros, are they going to get in your way? or? uh, You you really have to know where to put it. Yeah. And practice with it. Not to get it in your way of your arrow bars, which I've had my thumb in the way or my gloves (laughs) in the way, or uh, if you put it down too low, it might hit your knee or... Yeah. because of my bike, it's the Cervelo, there's, the tubes aren't completely circular, so you have some longer tubes, yeah. or, so it doesn't fit right. So I've got to find the right spot. And otherwise, like in Boise, I did the Boise Half Ironman, and I brought the GoPro just it in its case, and I put it in my, my back jersey. And I put that, I pulled it out during the bike, and I made a great oh, video wow, out of that. Okay. And I also put it out during the run, and I crossed the finish line with it in my hand. Oh, wow. And so my girlfriend was at the race, so she was shooting video with my big camera, and I got two different angles. So you're just basically, I mean, there are no, it, 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 there aren't no, there's no pool of interns all waiting here to go out to, to Iron Man That's and shoot videos. It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't it? I've been thinking about that one too. So yeah. I can. Very similar to the Pack Filler podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, our, our interns are all on summer break. So they are. It, yeah, Man. the quality dips yeah, this time of year. It really does. <laughs> it really does. Good help is hard to find. Yeah. Um, okay, here's another question then. just mm-hmm. comes to my mind. So you, you're filming and, and you're really focusing on, ex, for lack of a better word, exposing the sport, but not in a negative <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. Um, really getting people to, I guess, getting people exposure to the sport, to use really bad grammar. Um, how does that jive with your goals as an athlete? I mean, are your goals as an athlete now drastically changed because you're immersed in the sport in a different way? So now your goals, it sounds like they're taking a backseat, which is fine. Or are your goals more towards exposure? I mean, is it a different aspect of competing altogether? Well, number one, I want to race. Sure. And I've got personal goals of PRing certain distances and I'm getting there. Actually, the last two races I've had PRs in, um, but I'm always thinking, I'm always wondering how I can make this race uh, visual. Uh-huh. And so who can, I, who can I have come with me or who can shoot video for me? So I'm looking at the big picture of eventually, how am I going to put this together afterwards? But mm-hmm. I definitely want to do the race and I want to, I want to finish well. I want to improve my times from beforehand. So uh, racing is number one uh, with a very close second. How can I showcase this, this uh, race later? Sure. And so I go into a race thinking, I can shoot ahead of time. I can, you know, shoot the transitions. I can shoot some athletes, do some interviews with them. I can take some, you know, panning shots of the event. And to cover the middle part of it, I'll take my camera with me. Okay. Which shouldn't throw me off or lose any time, especially if it's on the bike and I'm, you know, going down a flat section. I can pull the camera out for 15 seconds and get those shots, whether it's straight ahead, down by my legs, behind me, passing somebody. God forbid someone passed me. I can get them going. <laughs> and, uh, and then... Depends on the run. If mm-hmm. I can put it in my back pocket, then I'll take it on the run. Mm-hmm. But 
not usually, unless it's a half Iron Man distance, then I won't really carry it for the run. Well, how could you how could you pull it out anyway? I mean, we're talking about the camera, right? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> well, if it's in my back pocket, actually, well, I'll show you right now. Why don't we Why don't we double that question up? I mean, how do you? <laughs> no, no. Um, but you know, it's we're in the wrong gig, Mark. Now that I think about it, because here I'm talking about the fact that my my racing career has just plummeted, and 98 percent of the reason why is because wow, the people who we're doing, you know, I was going to sign up for that race, but they called and asked if we could announce anyway. And besides, it involves running, and I'm a really <laughs> crappy runner. But I, I don't know about you, Mark, but I mean, I don't know if your schedule is, I mean, if you found yourself saying, well, I'm going to announce it instead, you know, Dave's able to at least get to that point where he's. I, I would like to, I, I would love to say that we're so busy announcing races that I have not competed as much but no i think um that's not true for me i think a lot of times times i have a i have a tendency to let time slip away from me so yeah. i'm um i spend a fair amount of time at work i spend a fair amount of time um doing other things right now which life took over the last year for me especially but um that being said i guess it's kind of like goes back to our last show where we're you, you asked where do you accept the few extra pounds. Where do you accept? Do you, you know, accept? Do yeah. You accept so you get that? to that point where you're okay with it. I don't think I'm going to go gently into that good night. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I think uh, rather than say, oh, life took over. Well, yeah, life took over and I did spend, I, I've spent a lot of time building up a practice here in Spokane, but it's not to say I don't have spare time that I could have spent writing. You better um, just drop the practice and you know and follow the 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 pack filler dream. <laughs> I would because my pro contract is coming next week. I know it is. is. It? It, it's probably just sent back to the old address. Yeah. Um, no, I think uh, a lot of that is 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 I think cycling. Going back to it, I think cycling and and my experiences as cyclists and the people that I met as a, as a junior cyclist have impacted my life so profoundly that it's kind of hard to discount that. And so yeah. I guess in that way, I'd like to be more like Dave and give something back. And, and this is our way to do it audibly. No, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't think we have quite the skill level of Dave or anything like that. But I do think that we've talked about junior programs. I do think yeah. that that's still a dream worth pursuing. I think um, triathlon is a great sister sport to road cycling. I think there's, there's really a lot of things we can do. But uh, I think the first thing we can do for any sport is quit making excuses um, yeah. for anything. And, and that, this goes out to all you triathletes out there, too. I've noticed that triathletes are the most unhealthy people as of race day I've ever seen. Um, what? Yeah. They have the – there is an ailment for everyone at the start of a race. I haven't been training enough. I've been sick. Well, I mean, that's these, the excuse factor, yeah, don't and, you think? And I think yeah. cyclists are a bit the same way they just don't talk about it but i think everybody does well, they that. talk about a contador was just whining about his knee this morning well you know contador i mean he just can't quite get the the beef products he would like yeah exactly um but i i don't know i mean i think that's the biggest thing with uh, endurance sports is quit freaking whining nut up and do it yeah and uh and 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 that's that's what you have to do i mean rule five comes into play every single yeah, time yeah exactly and it does if you're like if your training is suffering if everything else look at your day you've got 24 hours how many of those did you sit not utilizing them and and you know we all do it and i'm just as guilty as everybody else so yeah. if you're overweight that's probably why so so, Dave, in, in your experience now that this is especially growing, things like this, triathlon, 
Good God. I mean, the, the amount of people involved in this uh, is just, it's it's staggering. You know, you look at these kids' triathlons that are full to the brim. You look at a lot of these events that are, that are booked solid. Um, how has the growth been? What have you seen in terms of, in terms of age groupers, in terms of, I mean, what, what can we equate this to? You know, it's getting so competitive, too. Yeah? You know, oh, yeah. Because they're starting younger. There is that gap between 13 and 18, whatever that is. There's no one teaching kids in high school how to be triathletes. I mean, you can go specific with swimming and running, and cycling would have to probably be outside of school, but there's nothing going on in between. But when you have them start so young, it's, it's, it's kind of, I wish I, was, I wish I started younger. I wish someone yeah. was there for me in my 20s. Especially swimming. I mean, that would have been helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the kids who know how to swim oh. at eight. I mean, they can carry that. Oh, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, that's what I've noticed is usually the most fearful aspect of the event. If people are going to jump into it for the first time, no pun intended, the, uh, the swim is the most fearful part. Yeah. Yeah. My, my girlfriend right now, we just bought her a bike. She, yeah. Well, she bought the bike, but, uh, she's been starting running as of last year, did Bloom's Day for the first time. Uh, in Spokane, the largest, you know, what's it, uh, 12K run in the world. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's been running more and more, and she improved her time like crazy this year. And now she wants to get into cycling. And now she's going to start cycling, and she's on a tri bike, but she's still a little bit nervous about the swimming. Uh, but she wants to do a triathlon. Wow. And, it, and it's, it's on her own, own, uh, own motivation. She just wants to do it. And she, she's gone to the races because of her involvement with me, and she's seen them, and she gets motivated by the athletes because everybody can do it, all the different body sizes and, and shapes and ages. Uh, and I think that's what the, the big attraction is, that you see someone out there, like a Madonna Buddha, for example, who's that's an extreme example. She's 80 going on 81 years old and still wow. doing the Boston Marathon as of, yeah. of this year, and she's still attempting the uh, Ironman distances. These races are filling up so fast. I think the, the, the count was around 2,800 for Ironman Coeur d'Alene. I think I saw that number as the total participants involved. Uh, you know the races are, are um, filling out in matters of hours. Uh, it's quite the financial commitment to get into those uh, Ironmans, for example. Um, I don't know. I think it's, there's something about it. Once people get involved and they see the people around them and the support, whether it's the other athletes, the fans, the volunteers, uh, the community, uh, something about it, it, it's catching on. It's still one of those sports. That, yeah, the fear factor of swimming or the expense involved. It's not a cheap sport. Definitely yeah. not a cheap sport. I mean, you talk about you know investing in a bicycle and then travel involved and then entry fees. My goodness, that stuff's kind of tough. Um, you won't see it as an inner city sport like basketball. How do you mean? I don't <laughs> think you'll see it like basketball, where you look. There'd at, have to be some form of support program, be, yeah, in order to do that sort of thing. Well, I think I think it's that, pretty you know, substantial. I mean, I think cycling and triathlon are those kinds of sports where uh, there you wish there was some sort of support program. Especially, I've talked ad nauseum on this show about the fact that there are probably a ton of our listeners who are sitting in their homes and they have probably the equivalent of three complete bicycles in their basements mm. that are sitting there taking up space. Why can't, why isn't there some sort of an incentive to get these bikes out of the garages and into the hands of these new athletes of these kids or these, you know, fresh new to the sport people. I, I wish there was a way to, to get those bikes out there because I, I know for a fact I have four in my basement that I'm not going to ride. Yeah, I might have some sentimental value to it, but come on. You know, why can't we give those bikes out to somebody else and get them on it? 
there is, a, I think, is an intimidation factor mm-hmm. with triathlon that people are afraid to get involved because it's it's too hard or it's scary to get involved or I can't do it. But once, and I think that's that's our one of my goals is to expose. Ah, they're going exposing again. Uh, <laughs> share that this is a lifestyle. This is it's 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 a way of life. That it's um it's a way to be social, uh, improve your overall health and fitness. It's fun, and it's really it's about completing, not necessarily competing. To get out there and do the process, do the experience, and I think people's mind frames, mindsets change once they cross the line for the first time. And it doesn't have to be fast. I mean, we we see I, when, I'm at races where you're announcing, and everyone gets up and claps for that person yeah. who's coming across a line two hours later or, or an hour after the last person has crossed the line because they need that. Otherwise, they're not coming back. Yeah, you know, oh, you I have need- to let them know that. We're here for you. We're not going to walk away because, you know, you're, you're the last person on the course. Top 10's in. See you later. Yeah. yeah. No, this is more about, this is not about professionals. You look at the, the, the big races, nine, I don't know what the 96%, 97% are age groupers. That's what the focus, I believe, should be on on these triathlons. You got your elites, but these they're elite for a reason because they have the time to, they have the natural ability to. But just getting to the start line, you should be applauded for. And there's, that's everybody. That's your next door neighbor. It can be. What about something that you've you've actually touched on just right here? But the question I would have would be: You have two events in Spokane. You've covered them both, I'm sure. As a as a newscaster, mm. is is there a substantial difference between say Hoopfest and those that would compete in Hoopfest? Which, not to bag on Hoopfest, it's the biggest three on three tournament in the world, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yes. And Ironman. And and the thing is, I don't think the fact that Hoopfest and Ironman oftentimes do take place on the same weekend. Sometimes they don't, but they do. Yeah. I don't think one affects the other's attendance. It probably shouldn't. I don't think it does so much, but they really are separate worlds. I mean, being in Coeur d'Alene this last weekend, I had no I forgot all about Hoopfest because I was engrossed in the atmosphere in downtown Coeur d'Alene. And and uh, I think I saw something on Facebook reminded me that Hoopfest is going on. Um, it, they are, we are different worlds. Uh, I, I participated in Hoopfest too. And, um, the only reason I wouldn't do Ironman is if I was doing Hoopfest or they were on the different weekends when I was working, that's the only ways I could do one or the other. Uh, but yeah, they are, they are different, different groups completely. And you know, I guess it's a different mentality of people who go out and play basketball, holding on to their youth if they possibly can. And, yeah. Two free throws away from a pro contract, Definitely or they're going to punch out the guy who who blocked them or something like that. I make fun of Hoopfest. Well, I mean, because I was down there suffering every minute. Of are, the weekend. are we the same? We're just a wheel set away from our pro contract. Damn if, right. if I just had that Damn right, right skin, you know, I, w- I honestly wish cycling would had some way, and I think they're about to figure out some sort of way with this with the Grand Fondo style of riding, where it's this mass start. But it's it's individually timed. It's you can go at whatever pace you want. Um, I think I think triathlon has figured that out. We talk about those age groupers who are coming in two hours after the first people. They're still receiving accolades. They've still competed against themselves. In a bike race, let's say in a criterium where I get dropped in the third lap, they pull me two laps later because the, the field's in danger of catching me. Mm-hmm. Or it's an 80-mile, 60-mile, whatever road race. The pack leaves, and I'm all by myself. There's no way to really judge my competitive level. And I think, I think cycling maybe needs to figure something out in that terms because it's, it's, it's neat to see at the triathlon events, everybody's happy just to be there, to be involved, to have finished, and to have beat something they're trying to have done in the past. 
I, I, I wish well, I enjoyed it, it, it that cycling. I've done a couple crits, and yeah. I've done uh, actually only just one road race because I got dropped and I didn't know any better. It's my first time ever doing it. This is in the the St. Louis area. It, it's because, no one's ever known. I don't ever want to talk about my cycling career because I didn't have one. Uh, <laughs> but I remember going down. Neither did Mark. It was like a sixty mile bike <laughs> ride. Really. And I get in the in the draft, and I I didn't know anything about. I mean, I, this is like two years in a triathlon, and I yeah. had my road bike, and I had the the pedals, the what you, little basket, or you put them in your toe, toe clip. Yeah, yeah, nice. so wraps around your tennis shoes. Yeah, oh awesome. yeah, That's what I had. Yeah, you feel those suckers bend on every pedal. Stroke. I was going be behind it, all this this long line of, of of cyclists, and I'm going 20 miles, 21 miles an hour. This is easy. I didn't understand drafting. I, I had no concept of it. I, so I led. I, I got in front of these guys. I got in front. And then we started going down a hill. And I'm just, this is great. I can do this all day. And then I started going up the hill. And people passed me. People passed me. And I was the last <laughs> person on that course. And I haven't done a, a cycling event since uh, because I started getting a triathlon more so. Um, now I've lost my train of thought about no, just the difference between uh, you know that that experience of being left behind in a road race, and you, you well, that's it. I guess my day is done. Do, do, am I still competing after the after the field has gone up the hill? Whereas in you see that in triathlon, yes, they all go into the water at the same time, but everybody's still busting ass after after they get out of the water, after they get on the bike. Well, after that's they, what it was. Yeah. Is that there's usually a, a winner in cycling. Yeah. Everyone is competing. There, that's the, the the sport in triathlon, at least, where it is you against you. And if you can, maybe it is you against other athletes. But it's always going to be you versus you. So there's always something to strive for in that race that you're involved in. And whether it's the same race, if you can, or each year over and over again to improve on that time. And then, if, and then if you get good enough, then you can start competing against people in your age group. And then maybe overall, if you get to that point. But that's what I think is so interesting and exciting about triathlon is that it is it's based on what you can do in your training and how you apply it on race day then you get into, into nutrition then you get into your overall health there's so many factors that make that exciting and, and you can be great on one day or you can have a mechanical problem and your day is shot uh, but it has nothing to do with the other athletes it, it really is is what you come to the table with I actually think that's a great pat a great point that pat great makes. pat point a great pat point um oh I anyway, am a great pat a pat point is uh, the Damn idea of like a too. grand fondo, um, yeah. which could be the cycling equivalent. I think what we're all always looking for is something very similar to triathlon, whereby everybody shows up and people can compete. And I think that's that's probably the difficulty with cycling is there is one winner, period. Mm. And that's yeah. it. I mean, yeah. you know, mountain biking's kind of figured it out though too. Mountain biking has that concept where it's you against the course, it's you in a struggle. It's almost that time trial type of a mentality of a feeling. Against. Well, there's no drafting, then it can be a more of a truer. Uh, there is drafting, event. yeah, but yeah. If you had waves of cycling, oh yeah, and then it was just you against the course, yeah, not, not a mass, not a every two, not like a time trial, but it, let's say you had in groups, but you weren't allowed to draft, then you can really compete against the course and your other athletes because then it's just what you what you do that day, yeah. Similar to triathlon. Uh, you know, and, and the other thing, you know, not to just make this, you know, God's triathlon's kicking cycling's ass, but, no. you know, <laughs> but um, I, I have also noticed that the, especially the elite athletes of the sport are much more approachable in a lot of elements. There's not, elements, there's not this, you know, I guess there's a learning curve with road cycling, especially where you've worked to, to get to a certain point that if you're, I, I guess there becomes this almost kind of an egocentrism where centricity where, uh, where the athletes are. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I don't know. There becomes that, that, uh, that the approachable uh, aspect of the athletes is not there as much. I've noticed the finishes at, at all. Yeah, at triathlon where people, everybody's just really happy to be involved and talk to each other and share with each other any kind of tips or tricks. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I mean, have you have you noticed through especially some of the higher gauge athletes, the real elite pros, um, are they as approachable as the ones around here are? The, the elites, uh, the pro level versus the elites here? Yeah. Like the, the, yeah. I mean, let's say if you're traveling to some of these larger Ironman competitions um, and these guys who are just getting paid to do this big time for yeah. a living are they as approachable as some of the some of the guys who are winning the local races i think surprisingly they are yeah uh because you know very few of them are making a full-time living as a triathlete and so you know they have not that they have to interact with you know regular people but they're training other other age group athletes or they're they're involved in you know speaking seminars or teaching somehow but yeah you walk up to them and they're you find them, they're just, just like you and me. They're real people. Maybe not like, like you and me, but they're like real people. And you ask them a question, you're nice to them, and you find out they're down to earth. Whether it's a Craig Alexander or it's a, it's a, a Julie Dibbins, like, for example, or Ironman Coeur d'Alene. They're cool people. Um, you just don't, don't try to treat them like they're bigger than they are because they're not. And I don't think some of the, the best ones are real. Like Chrissy Wellington. She is so cool. I mean, you you walk around, you talk with her, and she's she's very very gracious with her time. And she's so appreciative of volunteers. I mean, at uh, Kona last year, she stopped, got on a chair. This is during her packet pickup time. She, after going through a packet pickup, she got on a chair and stood up and thanked everybody. A small little speech to all the the volunteers, thanking them for to be there. They gave her a standing ovation, and then she walked out. And we did a little quick quick, uh, quick interview. Uh, and she was just the nicest person. Everyone is willing to get a picture taken too. Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things in the world. And I've always talked about that, thanking the volunteers and being a part of that. Because it, no matter what level you're at, somebody's out there giving up their Saturday mm-hmm. just to make sure you don't get swept off by a car while you're driving, th- mm-hmm. while you're riding through. You know, as successful or not as they might do that, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, and and that's that's cool to hear that they're all that approach. They they accept some sort of a non egotistical ambassadorship for the sport. They're understanding that they're representing the sport. They're out there no matter what they're doing, whether it's out at the race for their sponsors on a training ride. Um, they're they're out there representing that style of the sport. And if they have egos, they're not going to last very long. No. They're not going to be accepted. They're not going to appear in the magazines or any of these kind of spreads because no one wants to hang out with a jerk. Yeah. No one wants an autograph from a jerk. And they're just like, ah, that's so-and-so. He's 
very unapproachable. Yeah. But if they're they're nice people, you'll have more people show up and they'll come to these these pro panels with these Q and A's, and they'll be there because they know this person's nice. I hear all these great things about Andy Potts. I mean, he stops, he'll stop and talk to someone, and he would. You wouldn't wouldn't know. He could be an age grouper. He's just sitting there on a bench talking to a, one of our friends, uh, Greg Gallagher, at Oceanside. Oh, yeah. He, he stopped by, and they started talking. And it's like, I can't believe I'm talking to Andy Potts. This is Andy <laughs> He just won the race. We're just talking. And yeah. he, he just treats you like you're just one of the other athletes. You wouldn't know the difference. Well, Kona's kind of like that, too. I mean, you and I were in Kona one year. And, I mean, you just go to Lava Java, mm-hmm. and uh, there they all are. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, you wouldn't see that with the lowest domestique in the tour. You wouldn't. I don't think you would. You'd have that accessibility, and and quite frankly, I think it's a tribute to triathlon as a sport. Um, mm-hmm. The accessibility. I will say that because even um, I think the most like I guess insulated athlete would have been like Norman Stadler or someone like that who brought his van with all the shrink wrap with his picture on it mm-hmm. to Hawaii. I mean, how did you get that there? You, I guess they brought the shrink wrap, but anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just spitballing here. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, you still had him, and they were still there at Lava Java yeah. eating breakfast. And, you know, I mean, that was that's just how it is. And I, I got to kind of give them credit for that, that type of approachability. And I think it carries through to local races. I mean, I, I you'll see all the local pros and everybody – congratulating everybody else. And you'll also see him stand up and clap for that two person getting two hours. And you'll see many of the local pros staying through the award ceremony and not saying, just mail me my mail, me um, my check, my yeah. check and my medal. They, yeah. they stay and they clap. And I, I, th- I think that's something that cycling is missing, but by the same token, elitism is part of cycling. Yeah, um, I, I, so. I don't think, I don't think you get the same the same sport without a little bit of elitism, and that's why it's so glamorous in a way, especially for Europeans. So. I don't know if it's expected or they do it on their own, but you also see the champions of some of the bigger races, the pro races, uh, like the Ironmans. Uh, they'll wait there at the end and give the medals to some of the finishers. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's neat. I that mean, might be a contractual thing, but I, if, I hope it isn't. Oh, I don't mind if it is. I don't know if you can fake the smile and enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, who can not ex- be excited for someone crossing the finish line at a, at a big race like that? And yeah. You have a world champion giving you a medal. I mean, that, wow. that means everything to me is that they, they were still there. Of course, they went home and showered and ate and came back two hours yeah, later they, on the course, yeah, but, but they still came back. <laughs> they did come back. Now, I don't think there's probably anybody holding them down to the ground to say, you got to get your ass back to the star line because you know, Scott Bikes needs you to be there or, mm-hmm. or, or Timex needs you to be there and, then, and those type of things because they they get paid to race their, you know, race in the events, but... And I think that's one of the things that's neat about Iron Man is, you know, you have... I have not experienced the Iron Man experience, so you guys got to kind of help this neophyte out. You, know, you, you haven't been to the Coeur d'Alene? I've been before the Coeur d'Alene. I've been to the village and appreciated all of that. I've never been able to actually attend the event. Oh. And so, you know, I, I wasn't there two weeks ago. I was oh. watching my son play basketball and... Uh, I'm feeling better now, but uh, you know, just to just to see the size, the sheer size of that type of an event yeah. in a local basis is is huge. I mean, we don't get those kinds of things. We used to have big bike races around here. We used to have the Olympic trials in '84 and '88, but they still weren't as huge as a as an Ironman event. Just from what I've seen on 
on TV and appreciate it and understand from you guys. So, I mean, describe that feeling, that type of an event. It's got to be huge. You're, you're entering a, a different world. Yeah. You, everyone is there and they want to be there and they're excited to see you there. And, and, uh, you, you step into this big tent, this, uh, this big top of excitement of, uh, of new, new, new sports, new, um, new equipment, all these different brands that are out there. Uh, and you feel you're part of it and you get enthusiastic about participating. And if you can't participate, you want to volunteer. Really? You want to. I mean, they get 3,000 <laughs> volunteers at Ironman Coeur d'Alene. Cycling of people listen to what he's saying. <laughs> I mean, we're, we struggle to find volunteers. You kidding me? You have to thunk them over yeah. the head like cavemen found spouses. And then the athletes will come back. I spoke with a couple athletes um, who were volunteering this year who were athletes in previous races that came back. They said, you know, I was here. They did such a great job. I appreciate it. I want to give back. It's my way of saying thank you to yeah. the volunteers last time, and now I'm volunteering. And they have a great – sure, you give them a T-shirt or you know, give them some little swag here and there. That's nice. But they still have a great time throughout the whole day because they get goosebumps. They see someone going by, and they feel like they're part of experience. It is an experience. Dave, I mean, let's just hear your way to describe just as an athlete finishing the Ironman. I mean, mm. even – I don't think you're in any danger of winning. <laughs> no, um, I was not. Um, but I mean – Thanks, Mark. You ruined the dream, man. <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe next year, Jack but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, no, I mean, that's, I, I guess this gets to my point is Dave, you are almost, I mean, you know, you, you finished well and you finished, you know, with great times, mm. but you weren't going to win. And you, you started the day knowing you weren't. No, it was you know? never about, it was never placing high in my age group. It was never winning. It was none of those things ever. It was, it was being part of it. And it was, it was accomplishing a personal goal of, can I do this? And so how did it feel to finish? Like when you come across that finish line or yeah. you come on to Sherman. And it was you Sherman. See it. Yeah. it was Sherman. And it's before a- my first one, I did, I done them twice. It was 08 and 09. And, uh, I was working at the TV station. We have a bureau over there on Sherman Avenue. And so, uh, when I would cover, or, co- cover Coeur d'Alene or I'd come down, I would step off the street. It's, this is one of the best finish lines, uh, finishing shoots almost in, they say in, in many of the Ironman's period, because it is a long stretch. I don't know if it's not quite a mile, but it's a long straight stretch. And I would step off the curb and I would look down the finish line, look down the street of Sherman and I would shut my eyes and I would, I would visualize what this is going to feel like on race day. And I'm getting goosebumps right now. I'm, I'm thinking about, can you see him? You can see yeah, him. it's really I'm warm in my house too. Yeah. And I would shut my eyes and go, and this is what I'm going to do. On, July, on June, whatever it is, 20-something. I'm going to do it right here. So I want to remember what this is like when I go down because uh, this is what I want to see. And so when I turn the corner on 4th or 5th, whatever it is, um, I would visualize that in practice. Even when I was running, I would, I would visualize, here's the turn because I would shut my eyes. I want to I get a snapshot of this, what this is going to look like. I want to remember that during training. So I turn that corner, and the, the, first, the first time you ever do it, the reality of, oh, my gosh, here it is. There, that's what I've been shooting for. And, and then the lump gets in your throat and I allow that to happen. You know, I'm, I'm a tough guy, whatever, but I'm going to allow this to happen because I want to remember this first time. And so it's, it's the gulping, it's the letting the eyes well up and I'm wearing sunglasses. So that's okay. So no one can see me cry. <laughs> um, and then I slow my pace down because I want to remember every step of this. I want to look around. I want to see people and it's lined. I mean, that's the great thing about 
about the, the finishing shoot no matter what. And they're all clapping. They, it doesn't, they don't care who you are. Luckily, your name's on there so they can yell your name. It's like, yeah. oh, thanks, Dave. Hey, Dave, whatever. <laughs> uh, and then you just kind of slow it down. And it's jogging down the finish line. You look at the people to your left, look to people to your right, and there's the, the clock. And then Mike Riley's saying your name. And, and then you cross, put your hands up, and then there's someone there to give you the medal. And it's like, I did it. And you break the tape, too. Everybody breaks the tape. Did I break the tape? Everybody breaks the tape? Everybody breaks the tape. It's some thick tape. I'm sorry. Not everyone breaks the tape. Did you break Check the tape, Mike? pictures. Was there this year? Not, not, not the age they groupers? They used to do that, yeah. Age okay. Groupers. They used to, oh, they used to do that. a picture of it of me breaking oh, the tape. Oh, okay. That's wow. why I'm like... Yeah, they used to. They used Maybe to you won something. Go back and get your stuff. <laughs> well, I got a medal. <laughs> um, I think everything Dave says is true, except until you do it, you won't understand it. But yeah. I think words can't describe that that feeling of seeing that inflatable I, arch, which is so funny. But it's. I mean, I heard um, Roger say it the first time he did. He said, "Wow, that finish line is electric." Yeah. And well, uh, I, I mean, and that's for. Everybody, it doesn't matter when you come across that finish line. Yeah, it is the same. And the, I mean, if you could bottle that, um, you know, mm-hmm. five-hour energy would look like Sanka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was uh, 2007. I was reporting for the TV station, and I was reporting from the finish line. And I was so inspired by the people crossing the line, seeing their faces, and not knowing any of them. Of course, the next day is when I signed up. And I had never done an Ironman. I'd never wow. done. I think I'd done a, a half or two prior to that. And I was out of the sport by a couple of years. And so I was, it really changed my life, changed my physical life after that. But when I signed up, I'm going to do it next year because of what I saw. And next year, I'm actually the one crossing the finish line. Yeah. And I crossed the finish line the next year. And then I'm reporting on it. And now um, I, I have to go back. Each time I go, it's, it's, it's new and exciting. No matter which venue I go to, even a half Ironman, is still, you can still get thousands of thousands of people that are there each time and it's different for every participant i mean and i also think that's one thing that also gets nailed by triathlon is when we look at radiant lake that person crossing it two hours that is their iron man that might be they're gonna say i finished a triathlon yeah, yeah. and that's huge to them well i've I mean, dealt with people i've dealt with people announcing yeah. who've had severe heart conditions doctor said do not do this event they said i need to do this event before or if i may die during the event mm-hmm. this is something i desperately need to do that bucket list kind of a thing and to see that person who's doing a sprint distance try and come across that line and think this is it. I can never do this again. This is my one opportunity. You, you guys to have do a great this. responsibility too. Even at the uh, the Trailblazer Founders Lake Founders Day, Founders Day, yeah. Founders Day Medical Trailblazer, Lake. But yeah, yeah, is that you were saying to some of these athletes as they're coming across? This is their first triathlon, yeah. and you were there to support them. And that experience is why they're going to come back. Except Mark probably called them like Jennifer Aniston or something like that because we didn't have their name on file. I remember that. That was that was not. <laughs> Trailblazer, I believe. No, that was a Trailblazer. We got all the that names on Trailblazer. Radiant Lake. Yeah, we got all the names on Trailblazer. Radiant Lake. Yeah, Lake. Well, and, yeah not much else. And that I wasn't Radiant Lake's fault. That was just a, you know, we don't have the numbers to you yet. We get so, you really know, cool yeah. celebrity names. Yeah, I don't really call impressive. them like Zach Galifianakis those, those or anything people. like that. <laughs> They do at least appreciate, you know, it's cool to see those people who are just, who've never even thought about this. And then they, you see them, you can almost see the addiction taking place. And I, guess and I appreciate when I hear good announcers, because that makes me want to come back to that, that venue when they're excited. When you're excited and I can hear it in your voice of me coming down that line, you announce my name, I get a lift. 
And I think that's what you do. You two as announcers, you give people a lift when they're coming down. That little extra of, I'm going to finish strong. Even if they're going to sprint the last 25 yards and they've been yeah. walking the whole they've time. They've been it walking the whole place, yeah. That's their moment to shine, and you make it happen for them. You make it memorable. And that's just like Mike Riley. He makes a living off those three words. You, you, you are, are an iron, iron Four man. words. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah the, the, well, but I've people heard, live for that. Yeah. I guess we could say you're an Iron Man. You're an Iron Man. You're an Iron Man. Yo, Iron Man. Yo, I am. <laughs> that would just sound stupid. Like it yeah. just did coming out of One my word. face. Yo, I'm man. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, I think I think that's that's the part that we enjoy announcing, though. Too. I mean, you know, you you look at Pat. I mean, a couple of years ago, he, he said to me, "Oh, yeah, that's all the performance art I need is announcing." And you know, you go away from a good one. Now, I will admit, if you're announcing from six in the morning until what nine o'clock at night, that is not much of a lift. Um, but it's you, a little punch drunk, but it's yeah, all right. You it's know? still fun, but you, they're great to do. The live, the live announcing is great. And it's mm-hmm. probably the same for you to live broadcast or mm-hmm. when you, you know, when you're there doing stuff and you look back and now it's we, fun. Before maybe. we switch to our, our final cheesy topic of the day and my, my 30 second rant, um, explain to you're really going to go to traffic. No, okay. I'm going to talk about it. I want, I want Dave to explain really quick about the difference between the sites, what oh. each one is going to represent. They've got, we've got uh, Swim, Bike, Run videos. Oh. We've got TriFocus. We've got yeah. your media. We've got all those other things. So people are going to, you know, the guy's got four sites. Which the hell one should I go to? Yeah, well, you know, the Dave Erickson 360 is, you know, more for the close friends of the family. That's what that, that one yeah. started out just to keep mom informed. Okay. <laughs> because mom was living far away. So, hey, you can keep track of your son that way. <laughs> Look, mom, no crack addict. Yeah, I'm doing okay, mom. <laughs> This is really for you. Yeah. So that was more for them and for friends back home. So that's still a very personal so site. Glad I could publicize Just it. Just for fun. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> TriFocus TV, that really is. That's that's triathlon community in the Inland Northwest. Yeah. Um, maybe in the future it'll become TriFocus TV, different, you know, bigger region. Who knows? Yeah. The race Center, you know, Race Center, they have a TV show for triathlon or competitor magazine, whatever that's called. So that's what that is, triathlon, TriFocus.TV. Swim, bike, run videos is what it says. I go to these events. I want to focus on either a swim event, bike event, run event, or all three. So on the swim, bike, run videos.com, I will do triathlon events. Obviously I could do um, a Whitworth university swim event. So there's swimming. Oh, wow. uh, if I can do, I do, I've done Bloomsday before. Actually, I went and did Bloomsday today uh, this year with a GoPro made a video about that. That was kind of fun. I uh, got a lot of views on that. Uh, on that same site is swimming, biking and running tips. So you can go there, and with the athletes I've interviewed or the coaches I've interviewed, that's, they'll give you how-tos on certain things. So like Roger Thompson, for example, my coach, uh, cycling guru, I've asked him some questions about cycling, and he'll give some tips on that, on aero position, you know, fueling on the bike, um, road bikes versus tri-bikes, cadence, those kind of things. Uh, running is a little thin because I don't do a lot of running events, but uh, a kid's fun run, for example, running pain, good pain, bad pain, running shoes. Uh, I've worked with a guy down at Runner Soul in downtown Spokane to get some tips on that. So that's, it says it all really in the, in the, the website name. I don't mean to sound stupid, but you know, this is focused on videos on those three topics, four if you count the total uh, accumulation of, of a triathlon. So those are my two that I, I really love and, and have a passion for and, and will do it on my own. And maybe eventually uh, local businesses will want to get involved, which would be the hope. 
of having a, a, a show sponsored or a segment sponsored to give them some uh, exposure and to help um, finance it because uh, it's all on my own dime. It's, I, I go yeah. to the events on my own. I shoot them on my own. And uh, the people volunteer their time to, to provide these tips, and I appreciate it. And, and more, more recently, we're getting uh, race entries uh, gifted to us, so we can give those out for free. gives the local races exposure, like we gave away a Hayden Sprint Triathlon entry for this weekend, uh, the Steve Omi Open Water Swim entry. We're giving away some goggles oh, wow. next week from Blue 70. Uh, so little by little, we're getting some, some swag that we can give away, give some exposure, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Definitely the quality that, that is on those videos, too. It's is, fun, yeah. Is certainly it's, it's, worthy of sponsorship. So. Absolutely. My Facebook page actually has a photo that he took because I went, oh, crap, there's actually me doing what I do. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. And, so. and as, if people watch some of the videos, local ones at least, on the, on the Swim, Bike, Run videos website, I've used U2. U2. Uh, in you know little sound bites from races that you'll, you're involved in. So you guys can see these, these guys in, uh, in the flesh. So. Don't follow the. No, you can follow them, but just don't look at us. Faces for radio. Yeah, I mean, we'll keep the, keep the hats and sunglasses up yeah. and going. So every race I go to, I'm going to put a, a video of that race. If I go, if I'm not doing that race, I will be there with a camera, and I'll do my best to post it the following week. Well, I'll just say too that Dave Erickson, thumbs up. I mean, your support of local triathlon even before you started these websites was spectacular. So, um, thanks. I mean, just your. I mean. You're a man of your word, and it's yeah. pretty impressive. Well, All right. Cheesy time of the show. We're reaching the final end of the show. We're reaching the last, you know, eight to ten minutes of the show. So I want to bring up my rant. I, okay? And this is, we were, you know, we were talking about ambassadorship of the, sh- of the sport. And no, I'm Here pissed. Because ambassadorship of the sport. I'm driving with my son through downtown. Somebody flipped you off. No. I'm really? driving. Driving. Oh, okay. D-R-I-V-I-N-G. Yeah, I got the spelling right. Um, so I'm cruising through downtown, and I see a cyclist approaching me in the back. You know, he's which I'm happy to see. He's kind of taking a good section of his lane because that's smart riding. You don't want people trying to scoot by in the lane. Okay, just take it up. Yeah, yeah, take up a good section of it. So a car has to physically go around you. And I was I was impressed to see that. I was happy to see that he's on an old retro bike. He wasn't a fixie. He was you know he's not all. You know, wasn't hip, wasn't wearing dreadlocks or sporting that kind of stuff. But then we get to our first stoplight. Uh oh, right through. He blew it, blew right through it. Oh, and then I saw him take a left from the middle of the road in just in front of just shyly in front of another car who had to hit the brakes for let this guy go through. And I happened to be taking that left, so I saw him again blow through about two or three more stoplights on his happy little jackhole journey. And what I want to talk about is these guys and their continued violation of the sport. We're out there. We're trying to participate in a sport, okay? We're out there. We're we're going on rides ourselves. We have families. We have lives. We got to take care of these things car and a cyclist as we never as we saw on the tour yesterday car wins you're not gonna win all right you're gonna be the guy flying ass over tea kettle into the barbed wire okay what i want to talk about is at what point do you as a cyclist in your car pull up to this kid or guy or woman or whatever species gender whatever it is and say you're effing it up for the rest of us 
The answer, in my opinion, what? Never. Because that because they're going to look at you and go, "Oop, you man!" Yeah, I just, I mean, blah, 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 and then they're going to throw something at your car and uh, scratch the paint. I mean, you know, well, why don't we go ahead and start knocking bad drivers off the road that tailgate? I mean, you know, uh, you're just going to find those guys. I think what you do is you teach good behavior and the behavior that we know. I mean, plus, how do you show off? How do you show off what how amazing you are at track standing? Unless you stop at red light. <laughs> you could, should say that. Hey, next stoplight, jerk yeah. face, you should try and track stand. I but bet it'd be really cool. Yeah, unless you can actually <laughs> show those skills off, that's no good. And, and I guess, I mean, starting a confrontation while on the road, as one of our previous shows has dictated. Yeah, me, you did that. That wasn't good. Things escalate rather quickly. And having been there and done that, I'm saying, yeah, I'm out. Um, you're not going to get anywhere. The guy's an idiot. Um, he'll get hit, and it'll be really sad. But you're going to be the guy who the who the driver they cut off or swerved in front of are going to be the next one that gets the blame. You keep in mind, I'm an attorney, which means if a car hits a bike, I could stand to make a small fortune. I'm a teacher. I'm going to be out for a couple weeks. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm more interested in me. Um, but oh. no, I think I think the issue really is is how do you change the behavior. I don't think you're going to change that guy's behavior. If he was on a retro bike, was he a young guy? Was he? Was yeah, he younger. Was younger. He Looked more like a commuter than a fixie. Well, I mean, you know, you take your chances. I think those who love the sport and those who love to ride on the road will follow the rules and actually make it better for the rest of us. And that's what we teach. But you go and pick a fight with every individual J-hole. I don't want to pick a fight. I just want to make them aware that they're actually out there ruining this for the rest of us. I mean, we've got a city that's finally building a cycling infrastructure. We're getting these bike lanes. We're getting all these wonderful things in our city. And who's going to want to fund something like that if you've got a person out there who's breaking the constant rules? Well, I mean, it goes back to why we make fun of critical mass. It goes back to why we make fun of those people that completely break the rules constantly. I mean... You know, we don't like them because we don't go out to critical mass and make fun of them in person, which we probably might be kind of a fun afternoon. It's not a bad idea, but I mean, no, we'd get our asses kicked. Not by them. Um, Probably by the motorists. But I, I just think, you know, once again, if you're doing things that don't belong, you know, if your life you know, your lifestyle and the way you're riding a bike is going to affect us, then what we have an obligation to do is to teach those that would like to ride a bike how to do it properly. I mean, we were taught. Yeah. I mean, I was a messenger downtown Seattle for a full year. I mean, I never, well, I'm not going to say never. I never, I I did bomb through a couple lights, but I bombed through when I stopped. I came to a full stop. I noticed nobody was coming. I pulled the Idaho rule, which is the um, treat every red light as a four-way stoplight. That is in the rule books, from what I understand, Mr. Lawyer, in the state of Idaho. Kurt, you're going to have to come on. Yeah, I I don't know anything about Idaho law, but what I would say is I've done it. Um, I've blown through a stop sign on a Sunday morning or a stoplight on yeah. a Sunday morning. If I mean, it's open, if it's clear, if there's nobody for miles. I blew through a red light when I was being chased. Um, those are things. Those <laughs> are things that I've throwing done. beers. At oh you. yeah, just one forty ounce at my head, and yeah. I'm gone. But uh, you know, I mean, you will do things, and everybody has their moments. But I think we do have an obligation. I think to do it right, and the way to do it is is to obey traffic laws and to to pick fights. I mean, what are you going to say? Excuse me, sir. Um, I didn't appreciate it when you cut off that car and didn't stop. No, I'm gonna, I would like to roll down my window and say, hey, you know, you're ruining it for the rest of us. What you're, kind of an impact do you think that will have? Oh, it'll, he'll 
tell me to f off. Yeah, and then you'll tell him to f off, and then you'll drive. No, off. I wouldn't do that. I would. I'm a wonderful person. Dave, do you have any anything to chime on That's this? That's kind of a, a lose-lose, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, the people who do that are, have a certain mindset and a certain attitude. They're going to go where they want to go because it's all about them. Uh, they don't respect the rules, and they're going to go, and you say something, it's going to just piss them off even more. Unfortunately, you know, you'll say something because that's the right thing to do. It may not change your actions unless they're with a group of people and they have a mentor of some kind within that group that says, this is how we ride. Yeah. These are the rules. There's a bigger picture to be played here. Um, We need to be representatives. And they're not going to be the ones who are going to do it. Usually, if you've got somebody, if you've got that type of mentality, they're not going to be riding with a group trying to learn some rules, I guess. I mean, if you look at it, I argue for a living. That's what I do. I, I, and no, I, you don't. I do. No, you don't. That's not an argument. <laughs> no, you That's don't. A contradiction. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I argue for a living, and I argue with a lot of people, and I'm not going to take that one on. It's um, not worth it. Well, it's just not worth it. It's more of just creating a conflict. It's like the East Coast mentality of speaking your mind, not because you want to change the other person's behavior, but to meet your own needs. Mm-hmm. You want to vent. And that's why, hey, you know, you're in the way. You're taking too long. Yeah. You know, that has nothing to do it's with not their work. behavior. It has to do with your needs. Yeah. So I think if we really want to change things, what if everybody rode right and he's the one jack wagon out on the road? You know, if he's the one guy, he might change his behavior. If everybody else is going, knock I mean, if there's a cyclist on the road going, what are you doing? That might make a difference. You know, some guy pulling up in a car. It's the vehicle you're, you're, you're on at, or in at that moment, maybe. If I was on my bike and he did that, I could say, dude, what are you doing? Well, I mean, I, think, still probably I think the goal is to get 100 bikes for every one that's on the road, out yeah. on the road. So if you have 100 people riding that aren't riding now and they're all going, what are you doing at the next stoplight? Yeah. Um, that's going to make an impact. One guy in a car, I don't think that'll make an impact. And I think it's just going to make you feel bad. So I agree with Dave. I think it's a lose-lose. You yeah. isolate that guy long enough to where he's going to have to yeah. do the right thing if he wants to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, he's going to be a loner, and maybe one day he'll be taken out of the, the gene pool. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. You know, just by his you know, lack of respect. Yeah. And, and I think that's what you do is you teach good behavior to those that will listen as opposed to admonishing those who are behaving badly. What, what good is that going to do? And you got to start early. I, I use the word admonishing in a sentence. That's it's cool. It's awesome. a lot of syllables and you got them all out. I know I got them out. Well yeah. done. Pretty impressive. We're reaching that point in the show. I always throw out my pack filler commandments at the end of a show. And I have thought long and hard about this one. And I have been a victim and violator of this very commandment many a times. And I'm going to say it here. I'm going to say it for all the health and benefit of all of our listeners. Thou shalt monitor thine chamois time, which means chamois time does not equal training time. If you know what a chamois is, it's the pad in your cycling shorts. If you have been finished with a race for an extended period of time, you find yourself sitting in a pub enjoying a beverage. And if you've been there for more than a good amount of time, get out of your shorts. So you're actually talking I don't mean get out of your shorts in the pub. Get out of your shorts... That's gross. So let's let's just ask that. So you're saying specifically chamois time in the pub. I'm saying chamois time equaling training time. I, I understand that. Chamois time is not training time. In fact, it's just kind of 
confinement. It's it's gross. potential fungus growing time. And and you're really, I mean, if you have any fertility fertility issues, I mean, it's over. <laughs> get um, out of the jammy. It's exactly. over, bud. You get out. Get out. But uh, you know, quit smuggling grapes. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> my only triathlon I ever did, Roger Thompson told me he walked up to me and said, "Nice grape smugglers, man." And I went, what, are, what are you talking about? What? What? Come back, Roger. What are the grape smugglers? And I find out afterwards, my pearl azumi skinny winnies weren't exactly cutting the mustard. <laughs> but <laughs> they were, however, displaying my religion apparently quite prominently. <laughs> Shabbat shalom. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, and with that little nugget, we always figured it was probably time to better off, leave things many left unsaid. (laughs) I'm Pat Bulger, and I just wanted to say thanks to Dave Erickson for coming in. Check out his websites, trifocus.tv, swimbikerunvideos.com, and of course, a lot of his great footage that you can find through the Iron Man websites. So, for Mark Hardson, I'm Pat Bulger saying we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.